Ask for a favor. Uh huh. Can I hear you say, come on? Kawaii. Come on. Kawaii. Come on. Kawaii. No. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Yeah. Listen, I love Drew Brown from Pittsburgh. Come on. But his friends are terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Not ramping down. We're just getting started. Nothing stops this train. Thank you. God bless. And come on. The Pittsburgh Steelers will walk into Paul Brown Stadium with an opportunity to clinch the AFC North division and be on top of that division for the first time since 2017. It takes a win on Monday Night Football against the two 10-1 Bengals to do that, and the Steelers will look to snap their two-game skid and get back on track while doing so. Hello and welcome to episode 44 of the Come On Network podcast and our latest Steelers preview. Kyle Dawson, Donnie Chedrick, Joe Smelter, Jack Hillgrove with you. As always, thanks for listening. Be sure to subscribe, to rate, and to review on your respective podcast pages. You can find us on various pod platforms, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Anchor, and many more. Also, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Come On Network, C-O-M-O-N-N-E-T-W-O-R-K. On Twitter and Instagram, you can find us on the web as well at comeon.network. There you can find blog stories, features, columns, hot takes, the pod episodes. You can learn more about our team and more, including shopping our merch collection that is available at comeon.network backslash store. To start this week's preview, we're joined by the sports director of Pittsburgh Sports Talk radio station. It's KDK FM 93.7 The Fan. Jeff Hathorne is with us, and Jeff is uh, covering the Steelers heavily now for the station. We're excited to have him on board. He's been one uh, we've been eyeing up to get onto the podcast to help preview a game for you, and he's going to help us preview this uh, tilt against the Bengals on Monday night. Jeff, uh, thanks for taking some time on on your Sunday to jump on the pod with us and kind of just start with a blanketed question. Uh, This should be a pretty solid opportunity for this team to get back on track in Cincinnati after the two straight losses, right? Man, you would hope so, right? I mean, this would be the game. Even though it's on the road, it's against a third-ish string quarterback, a team with injuries, and a team that wasn't that great to begin with. Although they were very competitive early in the season. You know, you take Joe Burrow out of the mix, it shows you how important the quarterback is, something we saw firsthand last year. But yeah, I, I'm I'm very much in the belief that this could be the game. You know, if, if you're half full guy, and I I think I am most of the time, I think this is the game that could flip the season, that could get it back going in the right direction. Jeff, this team has been run through a little bit of a gauntlet, and I know people don't like the whole three games in 12 days excuse, but with a normal week of work and rest mixed in, do you expect to see a different-looking team on Monday Night Football? I hope so, but I, and I do agree with that. I mean, people want to say that, oh, it's an excuse. Man, three games in the NFL in 12 days. I mean, that's, that's brutal. I don't care what position you're playing. And that's why I believe with Roethlisberger, I look at what, how Tom Brady looked last week coming off the bye. And all of a sudden, all the naysayers about Brady were like, oh, wow, that, he's got a lot of zip. Look at, look at those passes. Look how crisp that offense looks. Well, if you put Brady in three games in 12 days, 
he's going to have some fatigue as well. I think Roethlisberger is just dealing with fatigue. I don't buy into this knee injury stuff. Uh, maybe he, you know, are his knees sore? I'm sure they are. He's played 17 years in the NFL. But I don't think it's a mobility issue. I think his arm is going to be – I think you're going to see a fresh Roethlisberger. You know, the one thing that I'd love to see is them be able to control the line of scrimmage and that freshness really work on that offensive and defensive line. So going off that, do you think we're going to see uh, more uh, passes deeper downfield this week? I hope so. <laughs> They're setting the table for it, weren't they? I mean, Randy Feekner was pretty much saying that here's the game plan. We're going to throw it deep. So now it's the mental game. So the Bengals know this. They've heard all this. So are we going to say this and then still throw it short because they're expecting it? I mean, we'll kind of see how that game plays out. But, hey, you know what I like? And I realize that teams have to adjust based on the defense. But how about the Steelers dictate terms on offense? It's been a while since I felt like they've been the aggressor. It seems like they've been like the defensive fighter. They've been taking a bunch of punches and then looking for a place to jab. How about them come out with a few haymakers? Uh, and that would be throwing deep. And not just deep. How about intermediate passes? We haven't seen those as well. Now, the danger of that is you put Roethlisberger in harm's way. And you'd hate to do that against any team in the regular season. And I, I think that's part of the reason we've seen the short passes. Keep Ben healthy. Because if no Ben, no ultimate goal. But I do think that if they open that up, you're going to see that running game open up a little bit. And I think it can work synchronic, synchronic, yeah, it could be synchronous. So Jeff Ryan Finley gets the start for the Bengals. Uh, not a, a great performance when he saw the Steelers last year, 12 of 26, but 190 yards. But it was a close game, 16 to 10. Uh, do you anticipate uh, perhaps Ryan Finley being doing enough like he did last year against the Steelers to hang around a little bit? Or was the closeness of the game last year just – the fact that Mason Rudolph and Devlin Hodges were under center for the Steelers. Yeah, I'd like to think the closeness of the game last year is because the quarterbacks were similar on both sides and that the Steelers' defense won that game. I mean, Finley this year, what, I think he's 10 of 19, two picks. He's been sacked seven times in the limited action that he's had. So he's gettable, which is a good thing for this defense as they're trying to work Highsmith and get him some confidence on the other side. Uh, yeah, I don't – I'll say this for Cincinnati. They could still run the ball. And I think their offensive line is decent. And they showed that in that first game. They were able to run the ball, although some of that was for was towards the end of the game and they had some late handoffs and some yardage. But they can run the football a little bit. So that could keep them in the game. And I don't expect the Steelers to have a quick start offensively. Uh, but I do think it's going to be a, a lower-scoring game. But I think the Steeler offense uh, – this matchup favors them, and I, I like them making some plays. They know what's at stake. Uh, they know these last three, what these last three games are leading towards. Uh, yeah, they're in the postseason, uh, but this is this is big for them. They they know they need to get it going. You heard Ben Roethlisberger say it. I want to jump off that that defense a little bit for the Steelers and, and Alex Highsmith. We haven't seen get too too involved in the past. I thought he played a good first quarter or so, and in Buffalo it looked like he was getting some pressure. But that defense gets Joe Hayden back this week, uh, and essentially is back to healthy if you don't count Spillane, who's on IR, and, and all the other injuries with Bush and, and Dupree. Uh, how much does Hayden help them, and maybe does this defensive line get going after kind of a rough game? Uh, in yeah, terms of Hayden, sacks in Buffalo. Yeah, Kyle, Hayden helps them, absolutely. Um, 
And, you know, they've got some receivers. I have immense respect for Tyler Boyd and what he's done with his career. you got Higgins. A.J. Green is a, is a heck of a player. Even though he doesn't have the same step, he's still a quality receiver, a guy you've got to watch out for. And, you know, yeah, Ryan Finley isn't great, but you still have to play defense. And I, and I think Hayden back helps the entire group. Now, I'll say this for Highsmith. I think Highsmith, like the entire defense, had a great first quarter, and then they all kind of fell off. But I think some of that was because of fatigue, and I think Buffalo is a quality, quality opponent. This is a good offensive line, a good offensive scheme. No, they don't run the ball for a lot of yardage, uh, but they, have a, they, they had the mentality. I thought they took it to the Steelers in the second half. I like Alex Highsmith, but we have to remember, it's a third-round pick that's coming out of a non-Power 5 school that is still trying to learn the position and has never played against the quality of opponents like he's played against right now. So physically, you could be in great shape. And there have been a lot of players that have been in great shape, but knowing how to play football at this level at this time of year, uh, Highsmith hasn't played that many snaps, which you could say he'd be fresh, but he still doesn't have the experience yet. I like Highsmith, but let's not you can't compare him to Bud Dupree. You're not going to get the – what you hope to do is that he can be enough and stay in his gap and be strong enough. One guy I want to see more from is not as much Highsmith as Stephon Tuitt. How do you go through a game with no tackles? I mean, Tuitt's got to pick it up. And he's had a good year, but, man, he was a disappearing act against Buffalo. Jeff, a few Steelers have mentioned that practice this week got a little bit more physical, something you don't see very often uh, late in the NFL season like this, but that's something that I know a lot of fans wanted. However, uh, do you think that is what this team needs at this stage in the year? Yeah, and physical, yes. Um, physical compared to normal practices this time of year, which are essentially a lot of times you know, glorified walkthroughs. Um, and that's what they've had in those three and 12. They had a, a lot of those because they couldn't really work on stuff because they had to get the game plan in for the next opponent. Um, and I think what the physicality that they had in practice this week leads to a sharpness. At least that's what they're counting on. So you do some hitting, you sharpen up, you make sure all those little fundamentals are done the right way. And it gives you an opportunity, quite frankly, they had a, kind of a free practice because of an extra day where they could work on some of that stuff. They could work on some long passes. They could work on timing. Uh, they could work on little details that they just didn't, as I mentioned, didn't have time to work on. Uh, it wasn't physical like, you know, they're running goal line or they're running Oklahoma drills. Or So I don't want people to get that impression that it was that type of physical, but it was enough, I think, to get their attention. And I, I still like the leadership group that they have. And, you know, let's, let's be honest too. If you lose two games in the middle of the year, it's, it's not as magnified as it is right now. Um, and, and I think they have enough experience in that room to tell these younger guys, like, hey, like, like Roethlisberger told us, take a deep breath. You know, let's, let's get back to what we know we can do. We still have plenty of time to get ready for the postseason. Jeff, so we talked about uh, the defense and how it's been pretty decimated uh, by injury, especially at the linebacker position. So Avery Williamson's uh, role with the Steelers is going to become all the more valuable. How do you assess the way Williamson has looked in his limited time in Pittsburgh thus far? He's been all right. Um, he hasn't been outstanding. Uh, but I don't think he's a guy that – he's a guy that I think you look at no matter where he's played. And at the end of the game, you look down and say, wow, he had nine tackles? Because like, he doesn't do anything that wows you. There's, there's no splash plays like Devin Bush could make. Um, 
or even the splash play, you know, we saw from Spillane. Uh, and Vince Williams will have a huge hit every once in a while. He's just – Williamson's just steady. He's not going to make that great play, but normally he's in the right position to make a key play. You know what I think this is showing, though, in, in the way Marcus Allen has played at linebacker, and we've seen it with the last couple of drafts where the Steelers have gone middle linebacker in the first round with Shazier and Bush. That position has really changed in front of our eyes. You know, that used to be a really physical, you, you know, Vince Williams type. You had to have a bunch of Vince Williams type linebackers. The game has changed so much. You need pass coverers. Uh, and there are times you saw against Washington where Williamson couldn't get out there and, and cover the running back in the flat. But we're seeing that change. And I think if there's a position where you can afford injury in today's NFL, it's actually at linebacker. I mean, you don't want it at corner. You can't have it at safety. You want that D-line or outside linebacker pressure. If there is a position, and it's a position that used to be of reverence in the NFL, now middle linebacker or those linebacker positions are just not as important as they used to be, except maybe when you play Tennessee. So, Jeff, the last time that these two teams met, the Steelers were able to win it handily, and it was one of the few games they were able to be in control, and they didn't run the football uh, all that well. It was 44 yards on the ground. Cincinnati on the season has the eighth worst run defense in football. Do you anticipate maybe you know the Steelers trying to get back into the running game a little bit more this week, or is it kind of just with Randy Feetner and Ben Roethlisberger, um, if it ain't broke, don't fix it type of thing? But I think a lot of people would argue that the offense is broken. Oh, I, I agree. The offense is broken right now, and you know I, I've seen this for a couple of times. So I'd first time with Cincinnati, okay, this is a bad rush defense. And they rushed, as you mentioned, for 44 yards. We saw it with Dallas. Okay, this is a bad rush defense. They couldn't run the ball. Uh, we saw it with Baltimore's backups. They couldn't run the ball. Uh, I, think, I think some of that is mentality. There's a little bit that's mentality of sticking with it and just realizing there may be times you have to punt just to establish the physicality at the line. And I think that's some of the things they've been talking about. But this team is never going to be a great rushing team this year. They don't have the line for it. They don't have the backs for it. And that's a bad combination if you're looking to run the football. What they have to do is have enough of a threat of the run that, they, that they'll sell the play action. Because if you can't sell play action, especially in the postseason when teams you're facing the cream of the crop in, in these games, uh, Roethlisberger's in trouble or they're going to have to dink the entire game, which we've seen that teams have come up, they've loaded the safeties in the box, you hit the receivers, knock them off their route, and then if you don't – obviously they've had issues catching it. That's been a problem too. But the aggressiveness of these defenses, they're not scared of a deep ball. They're begging the Steelers to throw it deep and intermediate, and they won't if, if Roethlisberger is going to get under pressure. So that goes to establishing that run game. And I think sometimes too, if you get the ball downfield, that can open up opportunities for the run game. James Connors. 50-50 for the game. Um, we'll see if he's able to go. I am not a Benny Snell fan. I, I, I've seen Benny Snell football. I don't like Benny Snell football. And I think next year we will see a new tailback. Connor will be gone. Snell might stay because he's still under contract. But, man, I don't want Benny Snell being my lead tailback next year. And I think as much as the line is an issue, so are the backs. 
It was, I was going to ask you if you guys have heard anything on James Conner, and then I wanted to ask the second part of the question regarding the run game being uh, we saw early in the, in the season, and this has finally started to been talk about, I feel like uh, the first five, six weeks of the season, we're seeing a ton of jet sweeps. We're seeing a ton of screens that kind of help open up uh, the middle of the field with, with Matt Canada and his influence on the offense. And it seems like, and I know that uh, ben Roethlisberger and Randy Feetner have both kind of said, well, it's a short practice week and maybe they're just going back to, to a comfortable comfortability thing uh, with that. But should we start seeing more of the, the Matt Canada stuff and uh, more of that motion that kind of helps the run game get going a little bit like it was in the early part of the year? Okay, let me finish with, with James Conner. I, I don't think Conner will be back next year, not necessarily because the Steelers don't want him, but I think for him, I think it's time for a change. I respect James Conner, what he's went through and how he handles everything. But we have no idea. I mean, the number of requests he gets for appearances and can you write a letter? Can you call this guy? And he's very good about that stuff. But I think he's overwhelmed by everything. You, you can see it. It doesn't look like he enjoys the game right now. He needs to go somewhere for his own good and where he can just be James Conner, the football player, instead of James Conner, uh, the everything uh, and it takes nothing away from what he's dealt with, but I think he needs a fresh start as for the jet sweeps. I, yeah. I'd like to see a little bit more, but I think because the defense is playing so much on the line of scrimmage and they're not buying any fakes inside that they can, it's, it's easier to defend those jet sweeps because they've got the guys right there and they're not buying a lot of that movement. So I kind of look at it this way. If you don't have, you know, if you don't have the cake, you're not going to buy the frosting if you, if you get what I'm saying. I mean, a lot of that stuff is just movement to try to get defenses aren't buying any of that because they don't believe that you can run on them. So I think a lot of times when you see those jet sweeps, teams have the ability to run in a jet sweep is just another way to get to the outside. Well, they're not buying any of that stuff. Jeff, I know due to injury, this is a complete hypothetical, but if Joe Burrow was healthy, for this game, how much would that change your thoughts on the panic meter for Monday night? I would, I wouldn't say it's a coin flip game, but I would say it's a one possession game of Joe Burrow's quarterback. Uh, I have that much respect for what he did. Uh, I thought he lifted them in so many ways. He gave them a confidence. He gave them a little bit of a swagger. Uh, yeah, they had a couple of games with him where that they weren't in the game, but almost every game he played in there, it was one possession game with the Cincinnati team. It wasn't that much vastly different on a, uh, on a flip card than they were the year before. Um, you, they have receivers, but if you don't have somebody that can get them the football, then that's an issue. Yeah, if Joe Burrow was playing, this would be a, a really tight game. But with Finley in there, man, I got to believe that, you know, this is an opportunity again for the Steelers. And hopefully what they can do is get a comfortable game in the fourth quarter and be able to, you know, get some other guys in there uh, get a little bit of extra work and rest some of the starters. Jeff, I'm not sure how big you are into sports betting, if you're into it at all. Uh, the under for this game is currently set at 40, which is pretty low, but I still at this time see no reason really not to hammer that. We know Mike Tomlin feasts on inexperienced quarterbacks, and they've seen Ryan Finley before. The Steelers' offense obviously has had its issues in recent weeks, so I don't see them – lighting up Paul Brown Stadium, even with a full week's rest. So if you could either reassure me or talk me out of betting <laughs> the under for this game, I'd really appreciate it. Well, I don't want you to lose any money, 
But I would say, man, I am big into the under in this game. Big into the under in this game. Like, I see this could be a 28-6 to game or a, you know, even at the highest end, 28-10. I don't see the Bengals scoring a lot on the Steelers' defense, and I don't see the Steelers' offense exploding in this game. But I do see them scoring a couple of touchdowns. So, yeah, I, I feel very good about this not being an over game. And as much as I think the offense will improve and there's opportunities to, you know, there is a, a point of it for all of us. We want to see it. You kind of have to see it before you really believe it. And I need to see it. I do think they'll win. and I think they'll win fairly comfortably. But I don't think the Bengals will score a lot. And I don't see the Steelers getting into the 30s. Uh, two-parter here, Jeff, uh, before we wrap up. Your X-factor for the Steelers, if you have one, and a couple keys to victory for the Pittsburgh Steelers as well. I, I guess I kind of gave it away. Uh, you know, I want to see something from it. You know, I, maybe it's not quite the X-factor, although I think it can be, you know, coming from that side. But I want to see something more from Stephon Tuitt. If Tuitt can wreak some havoc, you know, Finley's gettable. Uh, I think that could create a couple of turnovers that could really help out the offense. Now for the offense, it's establishing something on the ground. Yeah. It sounds like a broken record, but it's true. Just get something going so you can go into next week against Indianapolis and you feel like, okay, we're building towards something. We've got a little threat on the ground. Now Indy's going to have to respect at least a little bit of what the Steelers can do running the football. That is a key. Not dropping the football is a big key. You know, if they get stuffed at the line and if if Cincinnati begs them to throw it, throw it intermediate and you got to catch those opportunities again because you want to build confidence. I don't care how long you've played in the league. I think this offense is lacking confidence. That is key. Get off to a good start. Catch footballs. You don't have to score every possession, but just get some momentum going and feel better offensively. And defensively, I mentioned what the X factor with it. But I think the other thing I would like to see, maybe a play or two more from Williamson. As much as I mentioned he's steady, you know, a difference play, something where he can establish himself into that role because we don't know what Spillane's situation is going to be. So maybe a little bit more with Williamson and his communication with the rest of the linebackers be something I'd love to see as a key defensively. Jeff, can we get a score prediction from you? Yeah, I, I think – I think the Steelers are going to get some turnovers. And it's going to lead to some short fields. They're going to get enough offensively. I'm going to go with that 28 to six. I think since he gets a couple of field goals, but I don't think they get into the end zone. And I think this is the game that gets everybody feeling better and gets them turned around. And then there's an opportunity for them with Indianapolis. And hopefully that Cleveland game doesn't mean anything. So we'll, we'll, uh, we'll see. Well, that's the dirt from Jeff Hathorne. He tells us under 40 for you sports bettors out there, and they'll cover the 14 and a half that the line uh, was at yesterday for the Steelers. Uh, Jeff, thanks for jumping on with us on the podcast today. Thanks, guys. Enjoyed it. All right. That's Jeff Hathorne on episode 44 of the Come On Network podcast. When you return from a very short break, we will bring you our side of the preview as we get you ready for Pittsburgh Steelers and Cincinnati Bengals Monday night football action on the Come On Network podcast.
Thanks again to Jeff Hathorne, the sports director at 93.7 The Fan. It's KDK FM in Pittsburgh for joining us to help preview the Cincinnati Bengals and the Pittsburgh Steelers, as mentioned after that interview. We're going to dive into our breakdown of the matchup now, and we'll start with our general breakdown of the Cincinnati Bengals and Pittsburgh Steelers getting set for a Monday night football matchup. Uh, at Paul Brown Stadium just outside of the uh, border of Ohio and Kentucky and excited uh, that Donnie and I will be at this game, which means, and we'll talk about this a little bit more later, uh, which means the reaction episode will be a little bit different than you're probably used to. But at the same time, uh, this is a big, big opportunity for the Steelers, as we talked about with Jeff, to kind of to right the ship a little bit and get back on track against a team really that has no business even staying in this game. Well, you said it, Kyle. I mean, they have to get back on track. This should be a W. It should be a relatively easy W. Uh, I don't care if the Steelers cover the spread, but I want them to look like a competent offense and win the football game. So gather up the AFC North and get focused on the next goal in 2020. Well, last week's Monday Night Football game was, I think, the game of the year so far in the National Football League. I'm not even sure this one's going to be the best thing on TV this Monday night. Um, it'll be, it will be the best thing to watch for Steelers fans and Bengals fans, but for the average football fan, this matchup doesn't really have anything for you. I know Donnie gets bummed out when people talk about an NFL game possibly not being all that exciting, and there certainly are times when matchups that don't look very seductive on paper end up being instant classics, but I don't think that's going to be the case tonight. You have a good team playing bad football against a bad team playing bad football. And that bad team is also starting John Doe at quarterback, a.k.a. Ryan Finley. From our perspective, anytime we get to watch the Steelers is awesome. But I think for most American citizens outside of Pittsburgh and Cincinnati or wherever there are Steeler fans, which is probably everywhere in the United States and a lot of places in the world too. But for the average fan, this is going to be – a drastic letdown compared to what happened in Cleveland last Monday night. Yeah, Joe, that's a good assessment. I mean, you have a team in the Cincinnati Bengals who um, took a couple of strides more than last year, obviously in the beginning of the season, because they had the number one pick, but uh, against the Pittsburgh Steelers team, and we've harped on it time and time again, that's only ran for 286 yards in the past five games. Uh, that it combined with the receivers not being able to catch the football, uh, it's been bad football for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And, you know, we talked about it with Jeff Hathorne. There's a tremendous opportunity for the Pittsburgh Steelers to right the ship a little bit this week. Uh, Jeff talked about Stefan Tuitt and his lack of uh, impact the last couple of weeks. He has an opportunity to make a difference because the Cincinnati Bengals offensive line is perhaps one of the worst units uh, position groups uh, in the last 20 years. I mean, it is really, really bad. Uh, and you could pretty much blame the Cincinnati Bengals offensive line for the reason that Joe Burrow isn't under center for the Bengals uh, this Monday against the Steelers. Um, Ryan Finley was sacked four times last year when he went up against the Steelers. Uh, it wasn't a good offensive line group last year for the Bengals either. Uh, I think the Steelers not only have a tremendous opportunity defensively to get after Ryan Finley, uh, what'd you call him, Joe? John Doe. It's a pretty good explanation for him. He, he that is virtually zero impact as an NFL football player. A good opportunity this week to get at him, uh, create a couple of sacks, perhaps get a couple of turnovers 
uh, out of those quarterback hurries. And also, the Bengals have the 25th worst rushing defense in football. So if you're going to run the football, and I know James Conner's a little bit banged up. He, he was limited in participation in practice for, I think, the last two days. You have an opportunity to run the football and right the ship there this week. Um, and we talked about that last week against Buffalo, but uh, I guess 47 yards as opposed to 21 against the football team two weeks ago is a little bit better. But take a take that next step uh, and, and control the tempo, and and hopefully – the Steelers are able to do that this week against the Bengals team that's really, really bad. Uh, let's talk some numbers real quickly as we break this matchup down. Uh, the two 10-1 Cincinnati Bengals, the lone wins are against Jacksonville, 33-25, and a, a pretty surprise win against Tennessee, 31-20. to The losses to the Chargers, to the Cleveland twice, Baltimore, Indianapolis, Pittsburgh, the Washington football team, the Giants of New York, Miami, and Dallas. The tie is with Philadelphia. The trend for the Bengals is five straight losses, starting with that loss against the Pittsburgh Steelers at Heinz Field a month and a half or so ago. They've scored 31 points in three games since Joe Burrow went down and got placed on IR with the season-ending knee injury. Pittsburgh 11-2 and two losses consecutively to the football team and to Buffalo last week, 26-15. to 15. Um, in terms of injuries, Pittsburgh could be without James Conner. You heard Jeff Hathorn talk a little bit about that. He's uh, thinking that James Conner is about 50-50 right now. He's dealing with a quad injury that he suffered in Buffalo after coming off the COVID reserve list. Uh, Kevin Dotson will be out with a shoulder injury. Matt Filer is on IR. Joe Hayden returns for the Steelers, uh, among some other returning players for Pittsburgh uh, on both sides of the ball. For Cincinnati, Brandon Allen, the quarterback, too, is out. He has a knee injury. Uh, that means that Ryan Finley will start like these two guys, uh, Joe and Jack, have already said, and we talked about with Jeff as well. Uh, linebacker Logan Wilson is out with an ankle injury. Questionable is safety Brandon Wilson, and the Bengals placed Joe Mixon, Trey Waynes, and Geno Atkins on IR this week. So those are three guys to keep in mind for the Cincinnati Bengals as well as we head into this. Both these teams are bottom third in total offense, bottom half in rushing. Both are bottom four in rush offenses or rush offenses, bottom half in pass offense. Uh, but both these teams are having trouble running the football, especially the Bengals without Joe Mixon and kind of leaning on Gio Bernard a little bit from that end. Uh, Cincinnati 30th coming into the week in the NFL at 18.8 points a game offensively, 26.8 for the Steelers is kind of uh, still top third, but not as high as it's been throughout the year. Uh, defensively, Cincinnati's in the bottom 10 in total defense at 382.3. Pittsburgh a hair over 300 yards a game. It's third total defense entering the game or entering week 15 of the NFL season. Uh, Pittsburgh second and against the pass. Cincinnati is bottom third. Cincinnati's bottom uh, third as well in rushing, as Jack mentioned. Uh, Pittsburgh sixth against the rush in the NFL, just over 100 yards. And the scoring defenses are 18.2 for Pittsburgh and Cincinnati's 26. Pittsburgh's turnover margin plus 11, best in the NFL entering the week. Cincinnati's tied for 29th, entering the week at minus 10. Obviously, that could change as we're recording this Sunday morning before the slate of NFL games kicks off 12 games today. Uh, keep that in mind that that could change before this even airs at 5 o'clock a.m. Uh, on Monday morning. Uh, first matchup between these two teams, Pittsburgh 36 to 10. Joe Burrow was 21 of 40 for 213 and a touchdown. Ben Roethlisberger 27 of 46, 333 and four scores. Uh, nothing really to talk about in either run game. Samaj P. Ryan had the best rushing average in that game, seven for 48. 
James Conner was 13 for 36. Receiving the ball, though, it was pretty impressive from the Steelers. Deontay Johnson, 6 for 116 in a score. Juju Smith-Schuster, 9 for 77 in a score. Chase Claypool had two touchdowns, caught four balls for 56 yards. And on the other side, T. Higgins which had a really good day, seven receptions for 115 from Joe Burrow and a touchdown. T.J. Watt had two sacks, two TFLs against this, uh, what is a horrid offensive line for the Cincinnati Bengals that will try to be uh, a protector for Ryan Finley. And, and Jack and Joe have already mentioned a lot of what he's done, but uh, this year 10 for 19 in three games for 75 yards and two interceptions. He does not have a touchdown. He does not have more than 40 yards in a game this season. Made three starts last year, including that game that we were talking about Jeff uh, with Jeff a little bit, 12 of 26 for 192 and a touchdown sacked four times last year in, in this matchup at, at Paul Brown Stadium. Uh, generally speaking, before we jump into our keys to the game here, I think this is a, like I talked about with Jeff, and I, I intentionally asked the first question. This should be an opportunity for the Steelers to get back on track and right the ship. And I, I went back and forth in our pick em, and if you've seen it uh, before this has come out or as you're listening to this and you went back and looked at our pick em graphic that we put out every week, I've chosen the Steelers to cover, and I agree with Jeff in, in this game that I think you'd be an idiot if you took Cincinnati to score any more than 13 or 14 points in this game. I just don't see this offense moving the football with Ryan Finley. I mean, they looked horrible in the first game after Joe Burrow's injury and at the end of that game against the football team uh, after Joe Burrow did go down with Ryan Finley at quarterback. He's he's awful, and, and there's no reason why the Steelers' defense with uh, not full capacity in the back end, but with Joe Hayden coming back and an opportunity for this defensive line, Alex Highsmith to get going, T.J. Watt. Uh, by the way, and, and this is kind of stupid, and this is a kind of an off-topic thing, but Aaron Donald is about minus 200 right now as Defensive Player of the Year, and, and T.J. Watt is spiked up towards plus 500 as the second favorite to win the award. And I think that's a lot because T.J. Watt was – uh, pretty silent against the Buffalo Bills. Had the one pass defense, but uh, did not collect the sack. Uh, Aaron Donald obviously playing that defensive tackle position, leading the um, NFL in sacks is certainly a big help to him. But uh, look for T.J. Watt to bounce back. Look for that entire defensive front to have an opportunity to kind of quote-unquote bounce back. A team that uh, has now had a sack in 70 straight games, which is an NFL record as of last week, and uh, trying to figure out how to get some more of those and create some turnovers with some pressure on the quarterback. I think this is a great opportunity uh, for the Steelers to do that and a good opportunity for the Steelers' offense to get back on track, eliminate some of the drops, start taking some chances down the field intermediate-wise as well, and uh, maybe get some of that jet sweep and, and Matt Canada-type stuff back into the offense while you try to get the run game going. If there's no James Conner, uh, well, good luck with that with Benny Snell and Anthony McFarland, but we'll have to see how it goes. Let's jump over, uh, guys, to our keys to the game. My key is creativity. Try some different things on offense. The creativity I'm seeing in other offenses around the NFL, especially what we got to see last Monday night between Cleveland and Baltimore, uh, is making me a little bit jealous, and I can't believe I'm saying that about an 11-2 and football team. Uh, I don't expect Randy or Big Ben to call plays like Ken Wisenhunt used to do, but change things up and keep defenses guessing because that's how you'll have the most success moving the football. However, if this Steelers offense can look good, uh, then the Bengals' chances, and, and to, to quote uh, the great Scott Steiner, the Bengals' chances of winning drastic go down. 
Yeah, uh, once again, the quote Steiner, um, I definitely say the Steelers have uh, greater than 100% uh, chance of winning this game. And um, and in saying that, it's kind of hard for me to pick a key because I don't see a scenario where the Steelers don't win. Uh, I guess if I had to put something out there, I'd say limit the running game because Ryan Finley's not going to win this game for the Bengals. So if, since he has any prayer at all, they either need to force a lot of turnovers on defense and get points that way or pop off in the running game. So the Steelers are able to hold on to the bell well enough offensively and are able to limit that running attack and basically force Ryan Finley to beat somebody other than Ryan Finley, their chances of winning drastic go up. All right, I guess I have to keep the trend going, right? So another Scott Steiner quote, uh, my key for the Steelers, uh, tell the Bengals offensive line, and after all this is said and done, you're going to be picking splinters out of your fat asses all night long because you got some fat asses. Uh, the Bengals offensive line is really, really bad. Um, you know, we, we I've, I said it in the open, it's pretty much the reason why Joe Burrow is not playing for the Bengals right now. It's a really, really bad group. Um, get after Ryan Finley. They sacked him four times. The Steelers sacked him four times last year. I, I agree with what Jeff was saying. Get after him. Stephon Tewitt's got to step up, especially with no Bud Dupree. Uh, you'd like to see Alex Highsmith take that next step to show that he can be uh, a quality starting edge rusher in the NFL because he's probably going to end up being a, the starting edge rusher opposite of TJ Watt in the future. Oh, and I mean, perhaps the present now because Bud Dupree's obviously hurt. But yeah, I mean, get, get after get after Ryan Finley, sack him several times. The Steelers also only got one sack last week, and I know that it's the all-time streak record still for uh, at least having a sack in one game for seventy straight games. Uh, but it still didn't feel right last week. I, I think they could have gotten to Josh Allen a little bit more, and that's credit to Josh Allen. I think you know. Side note: uh, his performance Saturday night. Uh, kind of cemented him as one of the elite quarterbacks in the NFL officially. But, um, yeah, I would have liked to see them get after Josh Allen a little bit more against the Bills, and I think the Steelers' defense would agree with that. And hopefully they take that out on uh, Ryan Finley this week. I'm not going to quote Big Papa Pump, but I will say if the Steelers do find a way to lose this game, I might have to pull a page out of his book and throw a chair at somebody like he did uh, at Wild Things Park a few years back uh, during his match uh, through a chair at a fan. But uh, I might have to throw a chair at Joe or something if, if, if it ends up coming down to it. Uh, anyways, I think from a, a key to the game, uh, and for me, I'm looking for the Steelers' defense to really wreak havoc a little bit against this Cincinnati offense. And, and for the reasons I've already talked about, and these guys have already talked about is this offensive line is horrible. Uh, it could not protect it. The number one pick in Joe Burr, who I thought was playing really well, uh, maybe offensive rookie of the year status. If he had not gotten hurt for the Bengals, uh, even despite the record, they were keeping some games close. They were in it. Uh, Joe Burrow was playing well, feeding his talented receivers room and T Higgins and Tyler Boyd and AJ Green, uh, among others. And, and this is a team now offensively that is is a shadow of what that was, even if that Ryan Finley is horrible. Uh, this is an opportunity for the Steelers defensive front, like I was talking about a few minutes ago, to really get after the quarterback. Uh, TJ Watts got to get back going again. That, that a performance like that last week against Buffalo, to me, uh, is just very, very underwhelming from TJ Watt. Only one pass defense. 
uh, didn't have a ton of TFLs like we've been accustomed to seeing from him. He's the league leader in that category, uh, right behind Aaron Donald right now in the sack department. So he's got to get going again. And I think if he gets going a little bit, that helps on the other end with Alex Highsmith and Stephon Tuitt and Cam Hayward. Need to, I thought Cam Hayward uh, played probably the best game of the four of them in terms of the defensive line, uh, five of them if you want to count Alulu in there uh, for the Steelers as well. But uh, Tuitt, like Jeff Hathorne said, I thought was pretty non-existent in the Buffalo game. So a key to the game for me is for that, that defense to create some turnovers, to wreak havoc in the back field and I think uh, those can kind of act hand in hand a little bit in, in this Monday night football game uh, between Cincinnati and Pittsburgh. Uh, let's jump over uh, X factors of the game uh, for the Monday night football matchup. My pick is a little different. I'm going to go with Eric Ebron. Uh, after last week and the last few weeks, I think people in Pittsburgh want to see more from this guy. Uh, congratulating Josh Allen on the win Sunday night and seeming to be happier than what Allen was after the game was a little bit bizarre. And obviously, uh, Steeler fans weren't very happy about that. But he has shown some, some flashes to be a pretty good tight end. But we're seeing what Detroit and Indianapolis fans weren't happy about with him. That was his, his pass catching issues and his lack of blocking ability. Uh, I know before uh, the season started, being that he was a pretty dynamic tight end and he had of uh, a, a one very good career or one very good career year in Indianapolis with Andrew Luck as his quarterback, people thought maybe he's the best uh, tight end target that Ben Roethlisberger ever had. But whoever the hell said that forgot about my guy Heath Miller. Uh, if Eric Ebron can't get the job done, give Vance McDonald more reps. We saw a little bit more last week, but get Vance back out there. He's a better run blocker, and if he can be if he can become more dependable in the pass game too, use him there as well. My X factor is Deontay Johnson. And I don't say that because the Steelers need Deontay to have a big game. This team could start Gene Shallot at receiver and still win tonight. I say it because of what a bounce back performance could do for Deontay going forward. After the Baltimore and especially after the Washington game, a big storyline surrounding this team was, why can't the Steelers catch the football? After the Bills game, the narrative shifted more toward, why can't Deontay Johnson catch the football? And not that the rest of the receiving group has been absolved completely, Ebron in particular, as Donnie just mentioned. But Deontay has been singled out more for not performing well over this past week since Sunday night. I don't say that to cry the river for him. Most of the criticism he's been getting has been well-deserved. I say it because it makes me anxious to see how a second-year player bounces back through the slump that he's in. We've seen what Johnson can do when he's playing well. He had his best game probably of his career against the Bengals in the prequel to tonight's game. So if Johnson can have another big performance, maybe not go over 100 yards, but at least be a lot better than he's been the past few weeks, that could go a long way into getting his confidence where it needs to be, not to mention getting this offense back on track. So my X factor is Deontay Johnson. He's been hitting the skins. He's a young guy. Let's see how he reacts. My X factor in this one, I'm going to go with Ben Roethlisberger. I think that um, Ben was really upset with the performance against the Buffalo Bills. I thought, you know, what was his quote after the game? He said, you know, if I'm not playing good enough football, I, I throw it out retirement again. I, I should probably hang it up. Um, 
obviously people reacted to that the way that they did, but I, I think that that will light a fire under Ben this week. Um, and a lot of people were questioning, well, is his knee really hurt? Because there were reports that his knee was, you know, more serious than uh, anticipated. And there were a couple of balls that he threw against Buffalo that people thought, well, maybe uh, the knee isn't all that great because there wasn't a whole lot of zip behind that pass. I think that's a load of baloney. I think Ben's knee is fine. I think the elbow's fine too. I mean, that's what he got surgery for. I mean, if it, if his elbow – you know, if he couldn't throw it like he was used to, then what's the point of the, the professional surgery that he got? Uh, anyway, but I, I think that Ben uh, is the X factor for the Steelers on Monday night because, you know, I don't know that the Steelers are going to be able to run the football like we, you know, and the fans want them to. Uh, I don't know that um, James Conner is going to be healthy. I don't know that if he's not healthy, that Ben, well, maybe I do know that Benny Snell won't be able to carry the load, but I think Ben's got to get this receivers group behind him and say, look, enough messing around. We've been messing around a lot these last couple of weeks. I think Deontay Johnson responded very, very well to um, being put on the bench for, um, for, you know, the drop of balls against Buffalo. And actually, so Matt Cole, our buddy, uh, produces the fan morning show. Waynesburg alum also hosts the fan early morning show. And Matt had a really awesome interview with TJ Hushmanzada, the former Bengals receiver that I listened to last night. And, you know, TJ, he was never, and he asks TJ, were you ever benched for, you know, dropping balls? And he was like, no, but I, I mean, I got to a slump when I got to Baltimore. And it's one of those things where, you know, if you're pulled aside and somebody else is telling you, because you know, obviously, that you're not being able to catch the football, but if somebody else pulls you aside and you get reprimanded for that, you respond very quickly. And he thinks that Deontay Johnson's got that type of attitude that he'll be able to respond very quickly. So, And, and you combine that with his uh, really, really good performance against the Bengals, Joe, last time. I think that Deontay Johnson could have a really good bounce back week. But with that being said, I think that all stems from the quarterback, and that's why Ben is my X factor this week. I would love to cop out a little bit with this X factor and continue to go back to the well with the Steelers run game. I'm not going to do it because I'm, I've given up on the Steelers run game being any damn thing that, that we could be proud of as fans uh, look at as in a favorable way at, at this point until they prove that they can run the ball or have the care to run the ball. I'm done making them my X factor or picking them as a key to the game because it just doesn't seem like the, the thing to do at this point. Uh, I'm going to go where Jack went and I'm going to talk about Ben Roethlisberger. I thought his play uh, in the second half last week was a little bit better. He, and then the first half, I thought he was pretty bad in the first half and the decision and the play design and everything I talked about with, with the pick six against Buffalo, a uh, big, big, big point of that game uh, for the Steelers and, and the Bills, uh, especially defensively. And and for Ben Roethlisberger, and this is a guy that you finally have had your full week of rest. It's not like Ben's been practicing on Wednesdays anyway or that first day after the first couple of days after the game. He hasn't been practicing anyway. But uh, I'm with Jeff and I'm with you guys. And I think it was Jason Lockenfora that put out the report about the knee and it causing uh, some issues in the locker room. I don't buy that uh, really at all. Uh, I also – don't it's kind of off topic too but where we get this load of baloney thing uh that, that baloney's good for the record so i have no idea why why that is is referenced to a bad thing happening i don't um, like baloney 
Baloney, Baloney is very good. Uh, but anyways, uh, Ben Roethlisberger has to play like not a load of Baloney uh, for the Steelers this week, and I think he will. I think that that offense will bounce back. I think the receivers will bounce back. I would love to say I, I, I think that Eric Ebron and Deontay Johnson are going to catch every ball that's thrown to them and not have any significant drops, but that's another thing I'll believe when I see it. Uh, I just hope, man, that – if Juju dances on the logo in Cincinnati, man, they'll lose the game because of that. So I, I'm, I hope that uh, Juju stays away from the logo and that Eric Ebron is, is not more happy because he actually did seem, like Donnie said, way more happy about the, the Bills winning than Josh Allen did during his uh, post-game interview with NBC. But uh, we'll have to see with those guys. But give me uh, Ben Roethlisberger as the X factor for this game, trying to get that offense back on track. And that helps uh, if you can run the football. That helps if you don't drop the football. And that helps if the, the coordinator uh, – actually does his job uh, relatively well for the Steelers on Monday night. That said, uh, time for picks. Steelers 27-13. Ryan Finley knows he can't beat the Steelers, and that spells disaster for him at sacrifice. I'll go Steelers 21, Bengals 10, and the score will not justify how lopsided this game is going to be. As we've all alluded to earlier, the Steelers should be pretty dominant. The only reason I don't see this as a total annihilation is because of how bad the Steelers have been offensively. That's why I had Cincy covering in our pick It's why I plan on putting real money down on the under, which is currently set at 40. I think both teams are going to combine for well under 40 points. And if my prediction is very accurate, it'll crap out at 31 points. Uh, maybe the Bengals get a touchdown late to make it look closer than it actually is, whatever the case may be. I don't think the scoreboard will show it, but the Steelers are going to have a pretty dominant effort in this game, and it'll be a nice bounce-back win. And, yeah, the Steelers, Bengals know they can't beat the Pittsburgh Steelers, and they might try, but it's not going to be a very, a very good effort. Indeed. I uh, I have the under in my score too, but Joe, if you bet the under, my score is going to have you sweating a little bit. I'm going Steelers 26, Bengals 13. Oh. I, didn't, <laughs> I didn't pick the, uh, the the Steelers to cover as a lot of us did in our pick them, which is up on Twitter. Um, well, I guess if this comes out on Monday, that, that statement's irrelevant. Uh, anyway, I, I think the Steelers score a couple, a couple of touchdowns. I think Boswell gets to work in this game. But I think more importantly, while the Steelers don't cover and only score 26 points, I think you see this offense, maybe not so much in the run game, but show a little bit more signs of life, being able to use the middle of the field, being able to throw it for more than you know, 10, 15 yards down the field. Uh, maybe Chase Claypool can get involved with a deep ball, go up one-on-one and, and go take it from one of their really bad cornerbacks. Um, but in, in short, I think this is a game where the Steelers take a little bit more of a stride offensively and puts fans somewhat at ease with a win that's not going to have the Steelers cover the 14 and a half, but you're not going to question, you know, this game will be the Steelers control wire to wire. Yeah, wire to wire for me, uh, for the Steelers as well. I've got Pittsburgh 27, Cincinnati 6. I just, and I think that's a point off from what Jeff Hathorne told us earlier is his prediction, but I, I've been kind of leaning that way all week. I think this is a, an offense, and we've talked about it 
already in this podcast, so I won't elaborate on it too much. But for the Bengals, it just isn't going to be able to score. Uh, if they do score a touchdown, I'd put them in the the 12, 13 point range for the game. I don't I don't think that uh, they'll be scoring any more than 13 points. Now, unfortunately, I think if you're betting this game right now, the uh, home total points is at 12 and a half. Uh, as we record this. So I think that's probably a good line uh, for this game and for the Steelers defense, not at, uh, again, not at full strength, obviously with all the injuries that are going on on that side of the football, but they get Joe Hayden back, which helps them significantly in the secondary um, and have the opportunity for that defensive line to get going again. And I think, like I've said, uh, Pittsburgh's offense is going to get going again. Uh, and Ben Roethlisberger will probably be slinging it around a good bit because if, if you had to bet on one thing in this game, you bet the Ben Roethlisberger pass attempts over because you know the Steelers aren't going to be able to run the football. And if they do, we'll all be able to, to sit on reaction into our preview next week and kind of talk about how they were able to run the football. But for now, that is it for episode 44 of the Come On Network podcast and this week's Steelers preview episode. A reminder, you can find us on any device that gets internet or wherever you get and consume your podcast, be that Apple, Spotify, Google, Podcasts, Anchor, or another. Also, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Come On Network. That's at Come On, C-O-M-O-N, Network, N-E-T-W-O-R-K, on Twitter and Instagram. Instagram and on the web at comeon.network. There you can find blog stories like our Steelers post game commentary, which we'll have for you after this game on Monday night. Features, columns, hot takes, the pod episodes. You can learn more about our team and shop our merch collection that is at comeon.network backslash store check out the platforms tuesday for steelers reaction which should be pretty interesting uh donnie and i will be recording our end of the reaction episode from the car ride back uh from cincinnati and uh after our covid guideline following day down in, at paul brown stadium we'll bring you some reaction from live at the game uh, and we're excited to do that for you and we're excited to have you listening to the podcast whether you're listening uh, for the first time or whether you're listening uh, and have been the entire time that the Come On Network podcast has been a thing. And we should have some interesting content for you on our social media platforms uh, in the next couple of days as well. So look out for that. Uh, but for now, we say so long. And we may be talking after an AFC North Division title quenching victory on Steelers reaction. But until then, stay safe, go Steelers, and come on.